0: Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome, told them that the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the gospel was the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek or the Gentile. Well, I explain the whys and hows of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jew first. The Jewish Messiah has come to his chosen people, the Jewish people. And you need to understand the command, the contradiction, the compassion, the covenants, and the conflict that will surround the Jewish people and getting the gospel message to them. I have a five-part audio series on CD that will assist you in understanding the Jewish person and how we must be involved in getting the gospel message to them. This series is entitled, To the Jew First. If you'd like to get your copy of it, I'll tell you in just a moment the number you can call, a toll-free number to make your order. This will assist you in understanding how to communicate the gospel message to the Jew as well as to the rest of the world. I'll give you that toll-free number to call in just a moment. But before I do that, let's take a moment and listen to the first in the series of To the Jew First. This is entitled, The Command. We'll be back in a moment after you listen to this portion of the message, and I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of the entire five-hour audio series on CD. Now, here's the message. We have a theme verse behind us here, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and his salvation to everyone to believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 If you will, look at that verse with me. God has allowed us to uh, focus in on missions to the Jewish people. And that is the text that God used Paul to reveal to us our responsibility in the area of missions. Again, look at chapter 1, Romans, verse 16 not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, of course, being the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 5. Jesus Christ came, he lived, he died, he was buried, he resurrected from the dead. That is the gospel. And that gospel is the power of God. When I was 11 years old, December 23, 1951, 1035 in the morning, in the basement of the Flagler Street Baptist Church in Miami, Florida, Mr. Cribbs, my Sunday school teacher, told me that I was a sinner on my way to hell in need of a Savior. I told Mr. Cribbs I didn't want to go to hell. What did I need to do? He explained the gospel to me, and that at that age, I understood the gospel, and I simply in childlike faith reached out to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So I know the first part of this verse is absolute. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I know it works. I can give testimony that this portion of the Scripture at least is absolutely true. And should you have come this way without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I can say to you, it is absolute. You can come to faith in Jesus Christ based upon your belief in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why did he die? He died to take away our sin. He shed his blood to wash us clean from any sin. I was born in sin. You were born in sin. All of us were born in sin. How do I know that? Well, I can tell you this. I had a wonderful mom and dad, but they never, they never sat down with me and taught me how to lie. Never did my mother and dad come in and say, Jimmy, sit down. We want to talk to you about lying. You need to know this because in life you're going to have to lie sometimes. So we want to teach you how to lie. They never taught me how to lie. I knew how to lie. I was born a liar. By the way, that's what the Bible says. The book of Psalms says, In my mother's womb I was conceived in iniquity, and I came forth as a liar. So we are born in sin. I have to admit that. And Jesus died to take away that sin. That's the power of God and the salvation, to take away our sin. Now, he resurrected from the dead to prove that he was the one qualified to die to take away our sin. The only man to ever resurrect from the dead. He came back to life after three days in a grave. By the way, I checked the cave out where he was buried not too long ago. Nobody was there. No clothes were there. No bones were there. It is empty. He is risen. He is alive. I can tell you for sure he is. Here's how I know he's alive. I talked to him just a little bit ago. He's doing well. And he is very much alive. And so I praise the Lord for that. That's the power of God and his salvation. To everyone that believeth. To all. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. One day I put my name in the place of that whosoever. And uh, Jesus Christ was true to his promise. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The power of God and his salvation is the gospel. But now notice what we want to focus in on for these next couple of days. To the Jew first and then also to the greek if you ever get to jerusalem you got to visit the church it's a marvelous place she's ta- you know every single week we have at least three translations hebrew english and russian that's absolute every single week i have preached in the church when we've had as many as eight translations going on as one time sound like the tower of babel uh, uh, without a tower and it is so exciting Especially if you're the preacher, you've got eight interrupter, interrupter, uh, interpreters excuse me, that are trying to give the same message. And some of them you're not sure whether they're giving the same message or their own message, you know. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it is true that uh, we're reaching out not only to Jewish people, Gentiles are coming to know the Lord. When we established the church, Minnow and I talked about what should we do? Should we make it a church just focused on the Jew only? No, we're a church, and the definition of a church is to reach everybody. The exhortation that Paul gave when he was writing to the Romans, to the Jew first. I looked up in my concordance that phrase, to the Jew first, and really it's talking about that's the priority. We are commanded to honor the Jew first, in principle to reach the Jew first to make it a priority in our ministries, no matter what they may be and where they may be. Of course, in Jerusalem, the focus would be on the Jew first, but here in Philadelphia, in New York City, where some are from, in Phoenix, Arizona, in Miami, Florida, where Judy and I come from, they, they refer to Miami, Florida as Jerusalem South. I mean, you know, there's Jews all over the world. Remember, they were scattered there in 70 AD, General Titus. Fulfilling the prophecy that Moses gave, he said to the Jew in the 28th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, If you don't obey me, if you don't abide by the covenants that I have made with you, I will scatter you to the four corners of the earth. That prophecy was fulfilled in 70 AD when General Titus destroyed the temple, devastated the city, and dispersed the Jews to the four corners of the earth. In fact, there is even a monument to the fulfillment of that prophecy. It stands today in the city of Rome and is called the Arch of Titus. When General Titus dispersed the Jews to the four corners of the earth, he returned home to Rome where his father was the emperor and his father had erected this monument and actually a fulfillment, a tangible monument to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And so thus our command is to go to the Jew first. I said to the Jew first because of honor. Let me just share with you from the book of Romans, not only in chapter 1 does it talk about a responsibility to the Jew, throughout the entire book of Romans, it's dealing with those Jewish people who were the first ones to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'll never forget, I was on a boat on the Sea of Galilee one day, and a Jewish lady A typical Jewish lady, I don't know what a typical Jewish lady really is, but she looked like a Jewish mama for sure. If you'd have looked up in the dictionary, a Jewish mama, her picture would have been right there. And uh, just a a precious lady, I was just falling in love with her, and uh, she was listening to me, and there was Jews and Christians on the boat, and you know, of course, I was talking with all the Jews, and all of a sudden, she walked over, and she said, I don't know what's wrong with you Christians. I said, why? What's the matter, ma'am? She said, don't you know the first Christian was a Jew? I said, that's right. That is, I said, boy, that's good. I like that. I'm going to use it. May I use that? You know, for the first 20 years, the first ones in the church, the early church, were Jewish people who came to know, became believers in Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And so I said, that's great. Well, she was very proud she got this Christian that was up there talking and, I let her relax a few moments, and I walked over to her and said, I don't know what's wrong with you Jews. She said, What do you mean? I said, Don't you know the Jew was a first Gentile? She said, The first Jew was a Gentile? I said, Yes. How would that happen? She said, Glad you asked me, lady. And I took her back to the Bible. Abraham was a Gentile out of her, of the Chaldees, and God brought him into the land and established the Jewish people. And he's the father of the Jewish people. And, and so what an interesting story, but to the Jew first. Why? Because of what they have done in the past. Look at chapter 9 of the book of Romans with me just a moment. Chapter 9 of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 9 verses 4 and 5. Let me show you something. Here's the reason, one of the reasons that we go to the Jew first with the gospel message. Number one, verse 4. Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and uh, and the promises? The question is, who are the Israelites? Verse five: Whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came. What that is saying, basically, if you can't quite make out, understand what it's talking about, the reason. That we should go to the Jew first is because from a Jew came our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. From the loins of a beautiful Jewish young lady, probably in her late teens, living in a city called Nazareth, the Holy Spirit of God impregnated her. She, was, she conceived with the Son of God within her womb. And she would bring forth the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The most miraculous incident that has ever taken place in history. A virgin birth and Jesus Christ would come forth from the Jew. You know, that dates back all the way to the book of Genesis, chapter 3 and verse 15. God told Eve that indeed she would have a son who would become the savior of the world. And when that happened, Satan's immediate strategy was to do what he could to destroy that possibility. So what did he do? He contaminated humankind. The reason for the flood, 6th, 7th, 8th chapter of the book of Genesis, is because Satan's strategy was contamination of humankind for the purpose of not allowing the Messiah to come. But God had set aside eight people. The Bible says in the 6th chapter of the book of Genesis that Noah and his sons were perfect. In the eyes of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean they were without sin. I just told you. All of us are born in sin. And Noah and his three sons and their four wives, they were all born in sin. But they were perfect. The fifth chapter of the book of Genesis is a genealogy. You know, sometimes in our Bible study or our our daily devotions, we don't want to read genealogies. There's some great things you can read in genealogies. In the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, you see a genealogy from Adam to Noah. And you know what? There is no angelic evil blood in the bloodline from Adam to Noah. Thus, Adam, not perfect without sin, perfect without the satanic contamination on humankind so that his pure bloodline could continue on and thus bring forth a pure Messiah without sin, born to a virgin one day. That's why to the Jew first. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to this first part of a new five-hour audio series on CD entitled, To the Jew First. We would love for you to have your own copy. I explain the whys and hows of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people. I talk about the Jewish Messiah, and I relate how God wants us to be involved in communicating the gospel to his chosen people. This series is entitled, To the Jew First. We want you to have your copy. Call this number, 877-674-3298. Now, that's a toll-free number from across America. Our staff is standing by. They'll tell you how you can get your copy of the five-hour audio series on CD entitled To the Jew First. It is essential we be involved in communicating the gospel not only to the Jew, but to every single person around the world. The only reason that the rapture of the church has not taken place and Jesus Christ shouting for us to come join him in the heavenlies is that he is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of the faith. If you would like to have your copy of To the Jew First, a five-hour audio series on CD, call this number right now. It's toll-free, and they'll tell you how you can attain your copy. That's 877 3298 and remember that shout to call us to be with him in the heavenlies could happen today so let's keep looking up until